Welcome to the WWIA Podcast. In case you didn't know, today is John J. McDaniel Day. In 2013, Mayor Buck Tower officially proclaimed April 19th as John J. McDaniel Day in the city of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. John started his military career after graduating from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and going through the ROTC program. During his career as a former infantry officer, airborne ranger, and master parachutist, he earned such awards as the Combat Infantryman's Badge, the Master Parachutist Badge, and the Ranger Tab. John served on active duty from November 1987 to November 2007. Soon after John's retirement, he felt that his service to the nation was not yet finished. As a concerned citizen, he started taking a few wounded warriors out on hunting and fishing trips, but quickly saw that the need for this kind of healing and outreach was greater than he could support on his own. In 2009, the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation was granted 501c3 nonprofit status, and with the help of a remarkable network of patriotic hosts, guides, supporters, volunteers, and caring communities across North America, they've been changing the lives of America's combat wounded Purple Heart heroes ever since. In recognition of John J. McDaniel Day, we're releasing a series of special podcast episodes featuring WWIA's founder and CEO, John McDaniel. These episodes follow John throughout his 20 years of military service, up to where, how, and why the foundation was started. These episodes are filled with great stories, personal and historical insights, and chronicle John's journey as only he can tell it. Please join us in recognizing and celebrating John McDaniel Day, and we hope you enjoy this special series. Without further ado, let's join John now. Here we are. I say we, it's really just me. Back in the Airstream at McDill Air Force Base, all Aerosmith in the background there. But anyway, you know, I, uh, I've been asked to tell my story. I was mainly asked by myself. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just think it's kind of important to, to tell this story, you know, my entire story, if you will. About, uh, you know, mostly my uh, <clears throat> my military experience and everything that leads up to the foundation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a whack at that pinata. And uh, turn that down for you. And uh, anyway, so so here I am by myself. It's, uh, it's middle of February 2023. I know this thing's going to air in April sometime, I think. So this is going to be kind of a long one, but, you know, um, I think it's important to, to do this, mostly for posterity's sake and get it get it on the record for anybody that might be interested in it. You know, and they say, you know, history is best reco recalled, okay, uh, by those who record it, something like that. You know, you you, you got to get it down somehow, some way. And, uh, you know, this seems like a, a very appropriate way to do that and share my story broadly for anybody who might be interested. Um, so <clears throat> I kind of broke this down. I know it's a lot, but it's like 20 chapters, you know, but most of it is just focused on the military. Okay, my military experience. I did 20 years on active duty from November of 87 to um, November of 2007. I, I jokingly always say, you know, I did 20 years and 20 minutes. But the reality is, is that service record's a little bit longer than that because I had a little enlisted time 
which I'll talk about, um, you know, here in, in just a minute. But conveniently, it, it kind of goes by chapters by where I was stationed, you know, starting back in, in 87, um, you know, and then running forward to, you know, 20 years later, landing here in Tampa, Tampa land at uh, the Special Operations Command. So I kind of <clears throat> track it by chapters, and I try to throw in a couple of, you know, nuggets there for the what it's worth department. Um, you know, maybe there's something in here that, uh, you know, is, is, you know, something that grabs you. And maybe there's a lesson or two in here that uh, might uh, serve you or somebody you know well. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I say, why was I attracted to the military? Well, you know, I would say going back to my days, uh, you know, growing up and, and involvement in athletics, I think very quite simply, I figured out at some point that, uh, you know, that people, I don't want to say wanted to follow me, but I just had a, you know, a presence about me or a way of, of doing things, saying things, acting a certain way that, that caught people's attention. You know, I wasn't afraid to, uh, you know, straighten somebody out if they needed it, or, or uh, you know, in, in a, you know, in a peer-to-peer -peer way. And it, you know, I don't mean that to sound, uh, you know, ugly in any any way or shape or form. But, um, you know, we're on a team. Uh, I gravitate towards teams, and teams need to be led. And I think a lot of a, real, a lot of the uh, important leadership comes from within an, a team or an organization, right? You've got your leaders, of course, but, you know, your referent leaders, the guys and gals that are, you know, in the trenches amongst on the team, you know, like the captain. And so, or the co-captain, assistant captain, however you want to say that. And I, and I was fortunate enough, you know, to be that guy a lot, you know, the captain or the assistant uh, captain, co-captain, um, on, you know, I don't want to say just about every team I, w I was on, um, and, you know, some of that the coaches saw, some of that maybe the peers saw, I don't know. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> when I figured out, um, you know, going into college that, you know, I was like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, I left Oshkosh, Wisconsin, Oshkosh North, and uh, went to Stevens Point. And, um, and it was there where I first joined the Army in 1983. <laughs> A good buddy of mine, Joel Sunkel, maybe he's listened to this, uh, you know, and I joined the Army, Army Reserve Unit. Um, you know, right before Christmas, at least I did, right before Christmas in, 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 um, in 83. And, um, yeah, so I was a private PV one <laughs> McDaniel, and I think a communications unit of all things, but they sent me to basic training and, um, you know, Joel Sunkel and I went to, to, to basic training together in, in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, a little place called tank Hill of all things. And, um, you know that was an eye opener, but it was it was it was I want to say it was easy because it was the summer, um, you know, of, of 1983 and hot in South Carolina, and br brutally hot. I don't think I, I don't remember Wisconsin being that hot, but it was a very hot summer, and um, I was in a platoon in, in basic training, and about a quarter of the way through that, I was recognized as a squad leader and got to you know be a squad leader and I remember a drill sergeant sergeant Lyle staff sergeant Lyle who I thought the sun rose and set basically in you know in his posterior I didn't know there was a higher authority other than perhaps my dad at the time um but um 
Sergeant Wild pulled Joel Sunkel and I uh, together at one point and, and sat us down. He was sitting on a step, I'll never forget it, over the barracks. And he looked right at us and he said, you know, i got to tell you two something. I've never had squad leaders make it all the way through basic training, so I'm just telling you. And, and and Joel and I were like, yes, Sergeant, <laughs> but we made it, you know, and um, and I'll never forget that. So it was a, it was a great opportunity to lead, um, you know, a squad there at basic training. And, um, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, I didn't really know, of course, in basic training, you learn all kinds of stuff, you know, drill and ceremony and, you know, how to shoot, move and communicate throw hand grenades and this kind of thing and and I remember one one day um we were standing in formation and um Sergeant Law goes Tone Tant which everybody snapped to attention and he goes, Morning sir, you know, and he coxes he cocks his, you know, his Smokey the Bear hat, he s- smacks out a real nice, sharp salute, says, morning, sir. And out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, my God, I think Jesus Christ just walked by. I had no idea, right? And I'm looking, and I go, this is a, this is a cadet. You know, this guy, this is a, this is a cadet who's, you know, there probably for his AIT, you know, or summer training or something. And drill sergeant, staff sergeant, wow, our drill sergeant just called us to attention and saluted this guy. He looked like a pimple-faced little punk. I'm like, what's this dude got that I don't got? And I'm thinking, he's got a shiny thing on his hat. Well, let me check out that. So after basic training, I called up my sister and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to be transferring to the University of Wisconsin-Madison from Stevens Point. You know, why don't you, why don't you enroll me by proxy, because I was in basic training or getting out of it, just getting ready to get out of it, and I was going to miss registration there in Madison. So she she registered me by proxy, and I said, Joint, get me into the ROTC program, which she signed me up for. And uh, it was cool because it exempted me from the first two years of, 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 you know, regular ROTC program. So I joined as a junior, which was great, you know. I mean, it's phenomenal. I, I advanced, you know, went past go, collected $200. The next thing you know, could, you know, I'm no longer a private. I'm Cadet McDaniel. And I love that, you know, and that's good. So, you know, that that's kind of where, you know, it, it starts. My, my, my military career starts. So, you know, we're, we're really talking 1983, 84, and 85. I'm commissioned a second lieutenant of infantry. And remember, they passed around a sheet. It was time to sign up for what you thought you wanted. They offered me a scholarship, and I was like, there's no way, because scholarship was like five-year commitment. And at the time, I couldn't see past my hand. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing five years for Uncle Sam. I'll do three, but they're not offering that as an option. So I declined their their offer. Excuse me. I declined their offer for a um, you know scholarship. Which turned out to be a big mistake because I did 20 years. So you know, hey, whatever. But anyway, um, so I, you know, I, I uh, remember they passed around a sheet when you know got, I got commissioned, and in 1985, a couple years later, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a second lieutenant in earnest, but I still got like two years to graduate, you know. And um, so I joined a, a reserve unit, and I won't go into that story, but. Um, there's not much there to tell. I mean, I was a student, and I was going to a reserve unit training in an annual tra- and an AT thing and whatnot. You know, once a year was no big deal. I was waiting to get on active duty. That's what I. That's what I really wanted to do is get you know get on active duty and um, you know graduate from the University of Wisconsin. 
which was not a cakewalk. Not, not certainly not for me. Uh, I don't think it's a cakewalk for anybody. But you know, about halfway through, I switched majors. I was studying art of all things, uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And then I remember in ROTC seeing a guy by the name of Joe Bush. Uh, maybe he'll be listening to this at some point, hopefully. But Joe, Joe, um, Joe came back from from active duty. I think to to the University of Wisconsin on leave or something, and he's wearing his you know Ranger tab, and I was like that's what I want to be. I want to be like Joe Bush. He's a ranger. And I thought to myself, how am I going to do that? So, you know, they pass around this little sheet to tell you, what do you want to do? What kind of officer do you want to be? You know, you can get commissioned as a engineer, an artillery guy, a medical service corps, you know, fill in the blank. And I was like, infantry, infantry, infantry. I wrote it like three times. There's three choices or five choices. I wrote, wrote infantry every time. I'm like, I don't want to do anything else besides being an infantry guy. Because more than anything, I really want to be a ranger, or so I thought. So um, that's what I did. You know, I wrote those things that that down, and sure enough, when it came back, it said congratulations. I, I got I tagged as going on, you know, to go on active duty, and 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 I was commissioned a second lieutenant of infantry in 1985, and I thought I hit the lottery. You know, it was just phenomenal. And um, so, you know, here it is. You know, fast forward the tape. Let me tell you one quick story because. <laughs> You'll see this 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 reoccurring theme throughout my life, which is making it by the skin of my teeth. You know, it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm just here to here's a little sidebar. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, um, how you start the race, right? Because uh, you know, nobody takes pictures of the start. It's always the finish. So you know, so and don't get discouraged if things don't go your way, because often they don't go your way, and uh, you just you got to be one of those people that's. You know, hard to kill. You know, I'm going to get back up. I'm coming back at you, man. You know, I don't want to liken myself to a cockroach, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just tenacious. So anyway, um, so I got to, I got, I got, turns out I switched majors about halfway through and switched gears to, to, uh, economics. I'm going to have a little, a little sip of my cocktail here. It's, it's late and I'm, I'm, I, I just poured myself a drink before this podcast. So, uh, bear with me. I wish they were paying me to drink that. That thing Ron White said that. Anyway, um, so I, I'm at the University of Wisconsin. I'm studying economics of all things. And I actually like it. You know, I'm like, well, I get this. I like it. And um, but my my and my GPA is is saying um, it's average. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, I had a lot of going on. I <laughs> had like three jobs I was working. And, um, you know, making it through by the skin of my teeth. And I was still figuring it all out, you know, how to study and everything. And anyway, so um, it turns out in order for me to graduate, I got to get an A on a directed studies course or I'm not going on active duty. And that, that, that hit me like an anvil. And I remember telling my sister and my mom the story, like, hey, you know, I got this directed study with Jack Barbash, of all things. And Jack Barbash was the leading, you know, economist, one of the leading economists at the University of Wisconsin. Brilliant man. Uh, he's since passed, but just a brilliant man. And I got a directed studies with him. And, and it turns out my counselor tells me, well, the only way you're going to get on active duty and, and, and go to this November, you know, this November class at Fort Benning at the infantry officer basic course is if you get an A 
And I was like, man, I don't think I ever got an A in anything before in my life. So, hey, no pressure, John, no pressure. But you know, long story short, I remember after the directed studies course, you know, back then there was no cell phones, there was no texting, there was none of this. There was an email. When you went to go get your grades, you had to go to the professor's, you know, where your box was, your student box, you had to hump it up Bascom Hill to the university or to the economics department. And I and I go to my box. I'm checking it like every every day or something for this grade, you know, and I'd finished the course and I tur- turned in my paper and, and, and I'd met with Jack Barbash several times and he would say he would talk like this, John, and I don't know about this hypothesis, you know, stuff like that. God bless him. But, you know, he was fair with me and he was straightforward. And so anyway, um, you know, I, I wrote this big paper dissertation thing on um on unions of all things and 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 and, la- and, and you know and industrial labor and the labor pool and and this comparative analysis between you know big companies and small companies uh vis-a-vis unions believe it or not so anyway i did that and uh, finally my paper my, my my grade was in there it was in an envelope it had my name on it i found it in my box so i grabbed it I grabbed it and I put it in my little rucksack and I went down to the student union and I sat there and I stared out at the the, the water at the student union right there. And incidentally, at the student union, out front of the student union, etched in granite at the University of Wisconsin, is a is a fairly nondescript statement. It's, it's carved in granite right on the student union and the wall out front of it. And it says that this memorial, the Memorial Union, is dedicated to the men and women of the armed services of the United States of America. And I always loved that. I said that was great. And um, so I'm sitting out there in the back where all the you know multicolored chairs are. Students are doing their thing. It's summertime. It's summer school. Most kids are frolicking, and I'm you know. <laughs> I'm still studying, trying to get an A so I can go on active duty in a few months. And um, and so anyway, um, I finally just get the courage to open up this, this letter and see, you know, it's my paper. I know my paper's in there, you know. It's whatever, you know, 25-page paper that I turned in, you know, and, and had typed for me. You know, it was a click, 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 click. You know, a typewriter. You know, it was before computers, for God's sake. So I had to hire somebody to type this thing. And uh, so it was typed and edited, you know, edited professionally and all this, giving it my best foot forward. And I have to credit my mom and my sister because they certainly did help me with the grammatics and things like this. So all in all fairness, and I had some help on this paper. But uh, anyway, so I finally open it up and um, up in the upper right hand corner of the paper, written in pencil is the letter A. <laughs> that's it there's there's no comments there's no good job there's no you know there was no hey circle this you know this is wrong what about that none of that just just a <laughs> just i don't know i mean this uh i just felt this massive sense of relief like united states army here i come so <laughs> there you have it you know skinnier teeth johnny mac you know jack barbash university of wisconsin and i got myself a ticket to ride November 1987, uh, reporting to Fort Benning, Georgia, or the Benning School for Boys, as they refer to it, to the infantry officer basic course, which I reported to. And um, 
I had, uh, you know, I remember I had, uh, I had all I had in my uniform was, um, of course, what everybody else had at the time, pretty much, which is, uh, you know, um, a basic basic airborne wings, which I had got when I was a cadet, and a diamond, uh, a patch, a black patch, a diamond patch on my left shoulder, okay? And that diamond patch was for the 5th Infantry. Now, I'll tell you a little quick story about that because, um, you know, the Army operates off of orders, not suggestions, they're orders. So when you get a set of orders from the Army, it's not, would you please, we were thinking it would be great if you did this. No, that's not how it is. The Army gives you orders. You will report is how it starts. You know, you will report to, and they tell you where you're going to report, and when you're going to know later than this. And, you know, I mean, it's all very military, lots of acronyms. But I remember my order showed up at the house uh, in Oshkosh before I before I got on active duty. And um, it's funny because the orders, uh, my mom said, hey, you know, John, there's a official-looking document or letter here from the United States Army, the Defense Department. Do you want me to open it? I said, no, 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 don't open it. I said, I'll be home, you know, this weekend. Uh, I would like to open that. She goes, okay. So I got home. I opened up the letter. And I remember there was nobody in the house. It's just me. My parents were off to school. Everybody was out of the house. It was just me. So I opened up this letter, and it's, you know, my first set of orders telling me that I'm going to report to Fort Benning en route to Fort Polk, uh, L.A. It said Fort Polk, L.A. And I was like, okay, Fort, I knew about, I knew, I knew about Fort Benning. I knew I had to go to the basic course for a year there. But then my follow-on orders after that was my first real assignment. And my first real assignment was to Fort Polk, L.A. And I thought, holy shit. I'm going to California. Yes. I was so excited. I, you know, back then, there, like I said, there was no internet. I had to go to my, I, I had to go like into my, you know, I think, I think there was a, um, I had to wait that evening till my dad got home. And when he got home, I went in the back of his 1976 Chevy Nova and he had an Atlas back there. So I grabbed the Atlas and I went to California you know, I was a road atlas in all the states, you know, and so I got to California and I'm scouring California, you know, in the L, you know, in the L.A. region, Los Angeles region, looking for Fort Polk. Newsflash. It's not there. And then it dawns on me, L.A., Fort Polk, Louisiana. I'm like, I, you know, holy crap. Now, look, I go to Louisiana, flip, 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 and I find Louisiana. I go, holy crap, I'm going to Louisiana. And <laughs> here's a Wisconsin boy going to Louisiana to be the 5th Infantry. I'm like, holy smokes, man. I mean, I just, I'm like thinking, what does Wisconsin and L.A. and Louisiana have in common other than, I think they, you know, uh, I don't know, they each have an O in there, you know, in their name, an O and an I, maybe something else. I don't know. But the, the Mississippi touches them. I can't figure it out. But anyway, so I'm a little bit... I don't know, I'm not as excited as I was thinking when I was going to California to go, you know, off to uh, Louisiana, but I settled in on it, and I'm like, okay, so the patch is this diamond patch, I show up at, at you know, November rolls around, I, I drive my 76 Chevy Nova, <laughs> pack everything I have in it, uh, which wasn't much at the time, you know, and, and leave Wisconsin and arrive at Fort Benning for a year of training, uh, followed by, you know, by, by ranger school. Okay. So, yeah, um, let me just, you know, 
tell, to talk a little bit about Fort Benning. It's a year-long school, the infantry officer basic course. You know, this is, you know, I think we probably had like 700 lieutenants at the time. The Army was huge, 20 divisions. Like, we're down to eight now. We had like 20 divisions. We were all getting ready. And everything we studied on, you know, in terms of the opposing force was Russia. You know, we were getting ready to fight the Russians, you know. And that was our that was our sole focus, our, our only pure um, you know, pure competitor at the time, um, you know, was 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 the big bad, you know, Russian army. So everything we studied and learned about in terms of tactics were all designed, you know, to that this you know this idea that we were going to fight the Russians. Anyway, so um, you know, it, it was interesting. It was a very interesting time because it was the first ch- chance I got a chance to see an opportunity to see who's who in the zoo. You know, you're looking around as a lieutenant going, okay, you know, how do I measure up against these other 731 dudes, you know, all of which are knuckle-dragging, meat-eating guys who are going up, you know, into the infantry. They're all infantrymen, young lieutenants who are, you know, dying to go get a platoon somewhere. And um, and the funny thing of it is, is that, like, the only place, and you used to, back then, you used to be able to swap, like, swap your unit, you know. If you found somebody who, say, I had this diamond on my my this diamond patch on my left shoulder you know the fifth infantry division um which did very well in vietnam i might add uh you know the lots of uh combat experience in vietnam and um but you know to, to at the time in the 1980s you know this is kind of a hollow time for our for for our military it's a peacetime army, you know. It's left with some some um, members uh, from the Vietnam uh, era. My bosses, my battalion and and division brigade and division commanders were all Vietnam veterans, so that's who I grew up under. But you know, the point of it is, is that I couldn't trade the the Fifth Infantry for anything. The, the next the next highest thing on the on the on the rung of of assignments was Korea. You know the Second Infantry Division, and I nobody no, nobody would even trade that. So I think literally the the worst job, or the worst place you could be assigned to in terms of perceived value and career opportunities was Fort Polk, Louisiana, and I was stuck, man. I was stuck with it. I couldn't do anything. I would have traded it for anything. But uh, anyway, it, you know, I'll come back to that because I think you know if it hadn't been that assignment, um, I, I I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. And, I, and I'll tell you, when I get into the story i'll tell you why so here's another little nugget you know just just understand that what what you got you know and even though you whatever it is you know you didn't think it was a good thing or it was horrible you know just just relax and wait you know time will tell okay turn that into a positive thing you know there's going to be something positive that happens you got to look at it that way you know and you just got to attack it you know, you just got to go right straight on through it. And that's, you know, the only way to do it. Can't, well, this, this sucks, man. I don't want to be here. And eh, thanks for playing because you're, you're not going to make it. Now, I promise you that. Not in the infantry, you're not. And, you know, you better be, you better be happy to be here. <laughs> you know, you better start acting like you want to be here, son. Uh, you know, as I heard a drill sergeant once say, but um, yeah. So anyway, you know, I I, uh, I go to the basic course. I graduate, um, no problems, and then it's on to uh, to ranger school. 
you know, and um, you know, I'm going to take a, a a tactical pause here, and um, and and um, t- just give her a pause, and I'll come back here uh, in a little bit and and talk about Ranger School because I think that segment right there, you know, uh, which oh by the way, if you're following along, is number seven on my list of twenty. So we're down to we're already through you know seven of these essentially you know benchmarks on my you know podcast outline. So uh, Ranger School is next. That's a good one. Uh, and so I'll catch you. I'll catch you next time here in just a minute on Ranger School. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.